Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Roto's big NBA trade. Yeah, you know, and I'm usually up very late. I must have went to sleep right before this trade happened. I think it was posted around 2.30 a.m., so I think I might have went to bed around 2, so I woke up and I saw Tobias Harris on Philly. I'm like, what? So, yeah, uh, definitely an interesting trade. If you're Philly, do you really feel, I mean, do you go for it? I guess you go for it, right? Because Butler may not even be back there next year. This is your shot, right? Yeah, I think that's the way they looked at it uh, because they did give up quite a bit here, including the picks but you know they definitely are already a contender in the east and I guess they felt like once you go to the postseason you know you tend to play your starters more you don't need your bench as much so this is a case where do they need a Tobias Harris probably not but he definitely is a player that helps but it definitely is a hit for Tobias Harris and his fantasy value because he's just not going to see the usage that he saw with the Clippers here so I mean last night alone Scored 34 points, the winning basket, seven boards, five assists, six threes. You're never going to see that number in Philly. And also, Stanley Johnson traded to the Bucks for Thon Maker. I kind of like Stanley Johnson. I just don't think he's ever had enough run. He's had opportunities. He really hasn't done anything with it. You know, Detroit has never really had that uh, third, fourth score on that team. And he, I don't know. It just seems like when he gets opportunities, he doesn't really do much with them. And I, I don't see him having a big role there in Milwaukee either. He'll be coming off the bench. You like Big Thon Maker at, uh, in Detroit? Why, why do you need Big Thon when you already have Drummond and Griffin? Yeah, I mean, he's just a backup. Uh, the, so this was just a case of them you know, moving on from Stanley Johnson. Now, did you see the Pelicans are shopping Maracic and Randall? I mean, you're just shopping the whole team. And what does this say to a fan base? Why would I ever go to a Pelican game ever again? Well, when Anthony Davis doesn't want to be there, it's kind of difficult. You know, it looked like they had something the last couple of years, and then especially when DeMarcus Cousins was, was there. And then, unfortunately, he got hurt and decided to take that $5 million deal with Golden State. And then once Davis wants out, you know, it just kind of really hurt that team. I, I thought they should have been better when you have Holiday, Davis, Meritich. I thought this team could be better and at least contend for a playoff spot, but it hasn't happened, and they've already ruled Anthony Davis out tonight with the trade deadline tomorrow. So we'll see if that a Lakers deal can get resurrected. Now, I would say good for the Lakers for getting out of that, that, that mess that they were in, that they basically were competing against themselves. Yeah, for now, because we know Boston can't be involved in it. So that's basically what I think they saw here, and they already, the offer that was reported was a ton. So... Uh, it makes sense, though, if the Pelicans really feel like they could do something with Boston uh, to wait it out. So we'll see if they do in the offseason. If, if you were the Dell Demps, would you make the deal with L.A. or would you wait? 
I think I would wait. I don't think there's an urgency to make it now. So I think you can wait, get Boston involved in the mix. And, you know, Boston has some good pieces there. Boston has a lot of pieces, and they have a lot of draft picks. I mean, this is the trade that makes the most sense. But if you're – let me ask you this. You're Danny Ainge, and, and, and Davis has said, look, I'm not, I'm not interested in signing with you long term. Would you make a deal for one year? Well, I, I, there's been conflicting reports on that. So, obviously, you need to, to find out first. If he, he's got – you, you want to make sure that he will sign long term. So, if he does, then, yeah, you can make it. If he doesn't, then it's too risky because then you put yourself back in a deeper hole. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I would need this guy to agree to sign a long-term contract before I'd trade for him. I, ju- I just would want to see the – the because I couldn't afford to give up four guys and four picks for him to say, okay, I'm out of here at the end of the year. Bye. Yeah, I mean, and we see some teams do it where they hope. They say, okay, we'll bring him in, and we'll just hope that he likes the culture, <laughs> that he likes the team, and, you know, you take that risk. Uh, but if you're going to give up the talent that Boston reportedly could give up, including a Jason Tatum, you, you pretty much want to make sure, okay, this guy is going to be a building block and be here for the foreseeable future. All right, let's go back for a second to the Sixers. Are they are the Eastern Conference champs with this trade? I mean, with uh, Tobias Harris, who they could use, and Boban. I mean, does this make them a legit contender? They were anyway, without it. Uh, so I still think it, it helps. Uh, you know, Toronto is still up there. My concern for Toronto is Kyle Lowry and this back issue. He said it's been something that's been bothering him for a while, and you could see his numbers have been affected. He's not shooting the ball as well. Uh, at least in the playoffs, though, you'll have the days off between games, so that'll help. Uh, but, you know, Kawhi Leonard, uh, I know he hasn't played very well the last two games, but he's been great this year. Uh, he's got that playoff experience, uh, Siakam. Abaka, so I like. I still like Toronto. Milwaukee's good, um, and the Celtics are still dangerous. Uh, they've sat Kyrie Irving quite a bit, so yeah. I mean, they're right there. I mean, those are the four teams in the East that are are all going to be battling for that uh, berth in the final. Any big trade that you think that we could see before tomorrow? I think we don't know because all the trades that have happened so far was was there any hint of it? Uh, no, I didn't hear anything about a Tobias Harris deal to Philly. I never heard anything about Porzingis to Dallas. And we never even really heard the Butler to Philly. I mean, a lot of these come out of nowhere. So, Well, Butler, you knew was going to get moved. You just didn't know where. Right, exactly. So uh, I'm sure there'll be one surprising trade for sure. I mean, well, the Clippers are just getting rid of everybody there and just trying to, they're going to have enough money for three max contracts. Well, yeah, and it makes sense. You know, L.A. is still a desirable destination. Obviously, the Lakers will be in that mix, too. But they'll have the ability to get a couple big stars. And uh, they'll have draft picks, too, for the future. So, you know, right now they're the eighth seed. But I think they realize, you know, we're probably not going to do much, even if we make the playoffs. So we might as well just uh, make sure that we build for the future. Is it out of the question to see... Um, Anthony Davis go to the Clippers and Kawhi go to the Clippers and now you've got Kawhi Davis and then another first round pick and something going on there. Do you think that is possible? It's possible. I mean, again, it's just trying to figure out where these guys want to go. Where do they want to play? Obviously, I would think playing with LeBron and with the Lakers is more preferable. Would you rather play with, with LeBron who's got maybe five years left or Kawhi? Who would you rather play with right now? LeBron. He's the best player, right? Yeah. How many more years do you think LeBron has at this level? At this level, man, uh, maybe three to four. 
Isn't his son going to be? Uh, do you think he'll be playing in the NBA when his son comes into the NBA? <laughs> I don't know. It's about possible, that. right? Is it he possible? Doesn't, he doesn't need to. Uh, obviously, he's got a ton of money and does a lot of other things. I mean, he's thirty-four, so. Uh, but he's got. A, I mean, he's been doing this for so long. I mean, he's been in the NBA, the playoff runs. You know, he doesn't miss games. I mean, this stretch this year was the longest stretch he's missed in his career. So, you know, you also look at that and go, okay, was it just? an isolated injury or is this the beginning where it starts to set in and he starts to wear down so uh i don't want to say that yet but you know you do have to start to wonder as he gets older well i mean look i i think lebron all these guys become jump shooters as they get older right michael jordan kobe lebron i mean how, how much how, how much pounding can his body take i know he's only 34 but in the nba he's been around for what 16 years oh since 18. Um, right, so, so yeah. 16 years, right? So, I mean, how many more years of pounding can this guy take? I mean, he's already starting to break down a little bit. So I've got to think that he's got maybe three to four years left. If I'm Anthony Davis, I know this sounds crazy. Why do I want to sign a big long-term contract? LeBron might not even be there in three years. Yeah, but you, you're worried about now, and you, you hope to win a title with him. He leaves, and then you take over, and you're the guy. So, you know, you know looking at the NBA that you, you need another at least two players. To, to win a championship. So if a, if I'm AD and I want to play in L.A., I mean, yeah, I would want to play with LeBron. You get another player in there and then find the role players in the right mix. Are there teams, like I look at the tr Portland Trailblazers, and I think they're like one or two players away. How come they never make a big trade like this around the deadline? Uh, I don't know their salary cap situation offhand, um, but they, they probably just don't have a – the room or assets to they just up. traded for Rodney Hood I get that but is Rodney Hood that good no that's yeah, not going to be a difference maker I mean they they kind of just seem like that team that's just going to be uh, just like on the precipice but just can't get over I mean but again you got Golden State there so what are they going to do I mean I don't see anyone beating Golden State right now is Cousins playing better than you expected coming back or what are your thoughts on him looks pretty uh, good yeah, no, he does look good. I, I think they were smart, took their time with him, and, you know, that's always a tough injury to come off of. So uh, I didn't draft Cousins anywhere. Uh, he actually – I probably should have in my, my home league. It's head-to-head, -head, and he went really late, and we do have IR spots. But uh, where he went, I probably should have taken him. Maybe in some other leagues he went a little bit too early. Uh, look, he's been playing around 25 minutes, so they haven't expanded yet, but he's putting up numbers when he plays. I mean, his last game, he had 18 and 10 in 25 minutes. So, yeah, he's looked good. Definitely better than I thought. Do you think he gets a full 30 to 35 minutes in the playoffs? Oh, yeah, definitely. If they need him, yeah, they're just going to slowly build him up. There's no reason to push him right now. Uh, they're in control. I know that Denver's right there. Denver's a half game behind them, but we know Golden State's going to go on cruise control. They already have. They're 9-1 in their last 10. Uh, I know they lost that game recently to Philly, but uh, they'll have the one seed and they'll be able to, my guess is they'll probably be able to rest players down the stretch. So there's no need to push Cousins because they don't need 30, 35 minutes from him right now. They just Cousins. need to get, it, get him in game shape, get him acclimated to the team and his teammates and uh, then get ready to go you know, 30 to 33 in the playoffs. Doesn't Denver remind you of one of those teams that plays well in the regular season? Then when the playoffs come, they make an early exit because they're really they're they're a good team, but they're just not that good. Yeah, they're a good team. I I, I think it's going to depend on matchups. Uh, they've actually been banged up lately too. Like Gary Harris has just basically been out the whole season. He comes back, he gets hurt, and he's a really good player. 
Uh, Jamal Murray's banked up. He's missed a few games. Uh, Jokic is tremendous. That guy is so good, so fun to watch. Excellent passer for a big man. I mean, I use him so much in DFS because sometimes, you know, he's like slightly priced below the elite players. Right, he's like 9000 instead of ten. Right, and, you know, people are paying up for other guys. I mean, obviously, depending on the slate, but uh, he did burn me the other night, though, against Detroit. I had him at low ownership. I saw I'm just ownership. looking at that. The three games I, before that, he was great, and then that I, game, he stinks. I saw the ownership when it locked. I'm like, what? 13% Jokic? Boom, I'm cashing. He had a great first quarter at, like, 16, 17 fantasy points. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm cashing tonight. And uh, I, I know he went to the locker room in that game. I didn't see why, and uh, they pulled a lot of their starters, too, as Detroit just pounded them. So, But, nah, Jokic is just so good. Uh, so they're a good team, but I could see them losing to a Houston, uh, Oklahoma City, a Portland, for sure. But Even Utah. Utah's like a dangerous team. I know they haven't played well in the seven seed right now, but that team, if they, they can turn it on in the playoffs, because I, I like their starters. Why is DF, NBA DFS so frustrating? Jokic goes 20 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Then he goes 31 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal. Then he's 13 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. You're like, I love this guy. Then when you finally play him, he goes 16 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. You're like, nah, it's not, not even that good a game. Unreal. Yeah, it happens, unfortunately. But, you know, I did have him for a lot of those good games. But that Detroit game really, really hurt me because that was a night where I went with him instead of, I think, Giannis and Harden. And they, Giannis and Harden both went off. Dude, there was a picture of Giannis next to um, Brooks Kupka. Did you see it? I think I did see that one, yeah. Giannis now, Brooke, is just... Brooke, yeah, Brooks Kupka is like as big a golfer as you can have. I mean, he looks like a truck on, on the golf course. Giannis was eating peanuts off his head, dude. Yeah, Giannis is just a, is just a freak, man. It's unbelievable, uh, you know, how big he is and how athletic. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because, like, he was the uh, – I think for a little bit, the favorite for MVP, but obviously it has shifted. The last I checked, Harden was minus 250 for MVP. Giannis was plus 250. Hmm. I think it's got to go to Harden. It's got to, man. There's no way. I mean, if he doesn't win it now, he must have really pissed somebody off in another life. He's going to win it. I I don't see how, unless he gets hurt. If he just finishes the year healthy, there's no way. I mean, he's, you'll carry that team to wins. I mean, they've had no, Chris Paul's missed a good portion of the year. Clint Capella has been out. They bring in Austin Rivers and all these guys, and you know he's been carrying them to to win. So I'd be stunned if he lost. Speaking of wins, did you see the FSWA awards came out last night? I did. Our friend Bob Lung won an award. Yeah, congrats to him. Obviously, you know he's been doing his own thing, and we used to work with him, and he's known for his consistency. And uh, I've had him. I had him on the show during football season, and a uh, good guy. So congrats to him. He's a good Pat Mayo cleaned up. Yeah, we know Pat Mayo, man. So uh, <laughs> I was happy for Mayo. He's a hard oh, worker, dude. Yeah, He's a hard worker. Yeah, he does, man. He does golf, football. He does a little bit of everything, and he puts in the work. And, you know, I always uh, tell him from time to time, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, it's good to see him succeed, you know, because we used to work with a lot of people that have, uh, you know, really moved on and done some good things. No, that's true, and I'm always happy for them. And then, then, then there's just some people, and I'm not knocking them, but there's just some people who we just win every time around us. I think that happens uh, for awards pretty much in every industry, doesn't it? I guess so. And maybe they're great. I don't know. But every time they win, every time, can't somebody else win once? I didn't realize I was such an egalitarian, but I think I am. Yeah, I mean. It's evening out. Yeah. I I mean, I guess. I mean, apparently it's judged with no names on it. So if their work is really legit and that's what the judges see, then I'm fine with it. 
Do you believe that? Or do you uh, have to or do you have to believe that? Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know. I mean, why would they give it to the same person all the time? But I'm saying I, you'd, I want to believe that it's done anonymously. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. I all mean, right, I, think sometimes we, I think we just make too much of this stuff. I mean, I don't know how much it means. Well, I know how much recognition I got when I won. Which is? Uh, nothing. Okay, so there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> and the big prize that went with it, uh, nothing. And the mo- did you, monetary wait, did you get a Did you get anything, like a trophy or certificate? I did get a trophy. I did get a trophy. Okay. I think the king actually brought it back from, from Las Vegas. Oh, and gave it and shipped it to you? Yeah, well, yeah, I wasn't going to go to his house, but I think I did get it. <laughs> okay, well, at least you got it. I don't know how I got it, but I did. Get, somebody got it to me, so I do have it, and it's still in my room somewhere. See, you have that forever, Doc. You'll, when the days when you're, like, tough and trying to plow through an article or a video, you'll just look over, see that award, and say, this is why I do it. They don't even give that award out anymore. It's done. This was the, this year. It's done. Oh, so then you're one of a select few, exactly. man. Exactly. Exactly. I would do a little PGA DFS with our friend Jeff Bergerson when we return Scout Fantasy Sports right after this. Pretty good job by the 76ers there. I like the trade. It's not going to floor people. People are going to go, Tobias Harris, he's been in a league like, it feels like he's been in a league like 100 years. But this is a above average top 50 player in the NBA. All of a sudden, I think Boston and Toronto are going, hmm, what are we supposed to do now? How are we supposed to answer this? The arms race is on. Philly just put themselves as one of the top two contenders in the East along with the Celtics. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And the tax doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, we're back. Scal Fantasy Sports. This is Dr. Roto here with you. And remember, check out, if you want to win, I'm not kidding you now. If you want to win in your fantasy baseball league, I want you to go to Scal Fantasy Sports right now, and I want you to enter the promo code BATS50. We'll give you two months at 50% off, okay? And then you get access to Sean Childs, Adam Ronas, myself, 
I, the forums, articles, podcasts, previews, everything that you would need to win in your fantasy baseball league. So please check that out, scoutfantasysports.com. And then it's BATS50. BATS50 is the promo code for two months off, two months at 50% off. Okay, so it's a great deal out there. But right now, it's time to talk about my favorite sport not named football, golf. PGA DFS with my friend Jeff Burgesson, Fantasy Golf Insider. What's up? This is your number two now, huh, Doc? It is. And honestly, by, by far, it's my number two by far. Like, I like baseball, I like basketball, but I'm way into golf, dude. Yep, football and golf are, are my number two and one, yep. The beauty of golf for me, and I think people out there, if you don't play, you should listen to what we're saying here. You get a four-day sweat. So, you know, in, in the NBA, a guy fouls out, your money's down a toilet. In baseball, a guy goes 0 for 4, your money's down a toilet. But in golf, Jeff, I mean, you at least get Thursday and Friday to watch, and if you guys do well, you get Saturday and Sunday too. Yeah, it's, it's a four-day sweat, and there's nothing like the cut line sweat on, on you. It's all, almost always Friday. This, this week it's Saturday, but there's nothing better than coming down to the end and making, you know, rooting on your guys to just get through to play another two rounds. So let's talk about last week for a second. Uh, I had read somewhere that there was only like maybe 5% of people had six out of six golfers. Is that from volatility or parity? Why do you think it's been so hard to get six guys making the cut? Yeah, it's exactly volatility, and golf is very, you know, very highly variant and, and very unpredictable. And uh, it just so happened last week, a lot of the popular guys missed the cut, and then you have a very low percentage of people who got all six guys through the cut. I think it's actually under five percent in a lot of different GPPs. So. Should we not feel badly when we're getting four out of six? Or what do we do differently? Because, look, you get six out of six. You could be my rich friend that week. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I don't think there's nothing you can do, really. Um, I mean, it's going to happen. But if you lose a guy on Friday due to the cut, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're just dead and you can't cash. Now, it probably means you're not going to win a GPP with 100,000 entries in it. It almost assuredly means that. But you still have a chance of cashing when under 5% um, are getting you know, five of, you know, less than six of six through the cut. You could still cash. Well, that actually happened uh, to me as well. I, I mean, I had four guys make it, but the four guys I had were like Kucher and Fowler. I had four really good guys, so I did make money, but never the big money. So I, I right. just people, you know, that's what you look. You play this because you want to be my rich friend, right? You want to make a lot of money. So I just the question was, could you be chalky and then maybe have one guy that you take a risk on? How do you how do you mitigate your risk? Yeah, totally. Um, uh, some people are actually too contrarian, Doc, and they get too wild and zany. You don't have to be. Ricky Fowler last week, like you just said, was massive chalk. If you choose to go that direction, then just make sure you become contrarian elsewhere in your roster. Don't go with other guys who are going to be very chalky like last week, like Taylor Gooch or Joel Dahman. Don't pick the most popular guys at every price level. So if you choose to go Ricky who's popular, go with some guy who we you know, estimate is going to be owned by 5% of the field and kind of look at your total ownership that way. So you're not too chalky. But also, don't like jeopardize the value on your roster being too contrarian either. All right. So, I know I asked you this question last week, but I'm going to ask it this week because that's what I do. Jet I lag. Look, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's that's coming. That's coming. Okay. The other one is when I look at a player who's never played this course before, uh, Sun J M, for example, and you know I love this mm. dude. 
But this yep. is three different golf courses. He's never played there before. I want to get behind this guy, but I just worry about not playing a guy who's who's or playing a guy who hasn't played here before. You know, what should I do here? I wouldn't ignore him just because of that, because he, every course is new to him as far as a PGA Tour event. Now he might have played it in the past in amateur or whatever, uh, or on web.com or traveling around, but every course, and, and he's got like four top 25s in his time on tour now, and those were all at courses he played for the first time. So I, I don't discount that, that he hasn't played here. I might give a bump to to guys who have played here a lot and who have shown a lot of success here, but I don't discount guys who haven't. All right, let's get back to jet lag. I'm just throwing it out there. A little DJ, <laughs> a little Patrick Reed, you know, it's, it's jet lag catch at some point. It does catch up with you. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, and it's, you know, a long ways away. I'm, I'm torn on it this week. Uh, because DJ has been so incredibly dominant in this tournament. He wants to do well because he plays with his father-in-law, Wayne Gretzky, so he doesn't want to let him down in the pro-am portion of it. So I just can't see him folding uh, this week because of jet lag. So I own DJ this week, but I, I see the argument, though. Is this a week that Jordan Spieth comes back? That's a great question because this is, this is a perfect course for his game and his setup. Um I don't know. His game has been such a mess, and I haven't, I haven't owned him since last year at Colonial, where he also plays well, and he and he really looked bad on a place that he always plays well, and he's getting a lot of hype in the industry this week. So I don't think he's, I think he's going to be popular, probably maybe close to twenty percent. So I don't own him this week. I'm going to wait and see. He certainly could do well because the course is perfect for him, but I'm not going to do it this week, Doc. What about Phil Mickelson? This is another course that this guy, that uh, lefty likes a lot. Are we in on him? Yeah, I'm okay owning shares of Phil. The thing about Phil is uh, he, he wants to win the U.S. Open, right? And the U.S. Open is at Pebble Beach in, in a few months. So he's going, he wants to get set up for that because really his game doesn't fit U.S. Open style courses for the most part. This year it will, and he knows that. So he wants to play well. He's very motivated. Um, I like him this week. All right, let's get to the top guys here. Jason Day. I tend to really like him on this type of course. Tony Finau, I haven't decided whether I'm in or out. Are you in on Day? You in on Finau? Um, I would lean toward Day. Uh, Finau, just his, 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 what we're looking for is kind of guys who have a great short approach game. Very short courses this week. It's going to be a lot of wedge play. And he doesn't excel so much in that short wedge play. Um, I love him a lot, and we'll probably talk about him for Riviera, where his game sets up perfectly. But I'm okay not going with him this week. I'd probably lean toward Day. All right. Can I join the uh, the Chez Revy bandwagon? I kind of like Chez in this course. Yeah, he's been playing awfully well. He had a runner-up here last year. He seems to be getting a lot of steam. I'm going to pivot off of him this week. It's not that I don't like him. I just think he's for what his ownership is going to be. I think there's better options at half the ownership and actually guys who have, who are more talented than him overall, even though he has been playing well. So I'm going to elect to go elsewhere. Now, will you go to Brandon Grace? Will you go to Shane Lowry? I love Shane Lowry, especially in bad weather, but I'm worried that he's going to be a little chalky too. You know, I don't know if he's going to be as popular as Ches Reevy this week. I like Lowry too. I like the, the, 
the bad weather angle because there's supposed to be heavy winds on Friday. Um, he's been playing extremely well on the Euro Tour, and that could be a reason that his ownership isn't as high. His game is really nice for Pebble, and he's showed that in the past here. So I kind of like Lowry, and I will pivot off Revy to Lowry and just hope that his ownership doesn't isn't the same. Now, I know there's a guy you like, and I like him too, but this guy screwed me more than any ex-girlfriend I ever had. Matthew Fitzpatrick just lives to screw me, Jeff. I know he's a good player, and I know he's played well in the Euro Tour, but I can't go here, can I? I think you can, and the reason is because no one else will. And when I'm, when I'm identifying guys in my core, I like to own them at two times what the field owns them to be overweight on a guy. And a guy like Fitzpatrick will be single-digit ownership, He's been playing well, hasn't played here, but he's got a shorter game, uh, a shorter style game. He's not long off the tee, so he won't be penalized that much for playing here because it is a short course. So if you, let's just say you do 20 lineups, and uh, he's owned by 5% of the field, and you own him on two, so you put you at you know 10% um, of, of your exposure to him. You're only risking a couple lineups, but if he happens to do well and pop, you're going to have an edge uh, with those couple few teams that you do with them. All right. I, I like that idea. I like that idea. I, I can see me putting him on two teams. No more than that, though. You're not going to make me put him on more than that. I just hate this guy. guy kills well, that's, me. A, that's a good thing, you know, about taking, you know, with guys who are really low owned is you don't have to uh, risk a lot of your bankroll, your weekly bankroll with him. Now, if he was owned by 25%, I'd have to own him on half my teams, and that I would not be willing to do. All right. There's three guys in the low 8,000s. 8, uh, Rafael Cabrera-Bello, Brant Snedeker, Russell Knox. I think I like all of them this week, Jeff. I do too. Yeah, I think Rafa's a little bit underpriced. Not as underpriced as he was last year. Last year at this event, he was like 6,900, which is why he was owned by like a third of the field. But I still think 8,300 for his talent level is very good. Snedeker always plays well here for the most part. His game is tailor-made for here. For here. And Russell Knox... Um, his approach game is one of the most elite in the world when it's on. And it looks like it's, it's starting to get back to the form that he had a couple of years ago when he had a couple of wins. So I, I'm going to ride that momentum and hope it continues because he can be really, really good. We're talking to Jeff Burgesson from FantasyGolfInsider.com. If you want to win in PGA DFS, please look there. It is an outstanding site. been doing it for years. All right. I, you, I don't know whether we've talked about this, but recency bias always works for me in, in, in DFS. When a guy screws me mm-hmm. one week, I go back the next week. Lucas Glover literally killed me last week, Jeff. But I had the sneaking sensation he's going to play well this week. Yeah, that, that's a smart way to go, Doc. While others are leaving over one missed cut, you're taking the emotion out of it and using it to your advantage. And I think that's really smart. Um, and Glover is just right there. Um, great ball striker had been great. And it was just one cut that he missed. And, and it was disastrous last week. He was awful. Uh, but in other guys like Joel Damon, he was dreadful too, but that that's one event that happens in golf. Uh, that doesn't mean they can't play well. And, and now their ownership will probably be cut in half this week. So I, I like that mentality. All right. Let's talk about Doug Gim for a second. This is a guy who's done well on the lesser tours uh, can can a guy step up into the real PGA Tour and, and be successful? Yeah, I think so. Uh, his price is a little bit higher than I would like this week, but overall, I think he's fine. Um, I I don't have any of any exposure to him. He's not in my core this week, but but I don't hate it. 
Uh, I just think you can get better value. All right, let me talk about a guy, Michael Thompson, who's been very good the last couple of weeks, but not very good course history here at all. Didn't play last year, and then the three years before that was cut all the time. Do I look at a guy who's been unsuccessful since 2015 and say, stay away, or do I look at the fact that the last three weeks he's actually been quite hot? There's, there's kind of this, the side that says tournament history makes no difference. Uh, I'm not a part of that because we've seen time week after week, like last week with Tony Finau, he had missed three consecutive cuts at waste management. He hadn't, he hadn't missed that many cuts in the past year anywhere, you know? Um, and what happened? He missed his fourth cut in a row. Some courses just don't fit certain guys' games or fit their eye. I don't know about Thompson. He's been really terrible the last few years, but recently he's been better. So sometimes guys find something in their game. Well, like a Chez Reeve, for instance, you know, he's found something in his game and he's been better than he has been pretty much any time in his career. Tough to tell with Michael Thompson. I would just probably say stay away, not knowing um, since he has three consecutive missed cuts here. Maybe the course just, it doesn't fit his eye. All right, I'm starting to fall in love with a guy named Trey Mullinax. He's, he's just in the mid-7,000s, and on FanDuel, he's dirt cheap. Am I doing the right thing by falling in love with this guy? Because you need one guy in the 7,000s to be successful, don't you? Yeah, there's a lot to like about him. It kind of feels like last week's Gooch and Dahman, just kind of everything looks good. Tournament history looks good. Current form looks good. So he might get a little bit too overheated. Um I'm okay either way owning him. Uh, if you want some exposure, you might just want to go equal the field on him because he might be 15% this week, and I, I would hate to own him on a third of my team. So um, I, I'm, I'm okay on him this week. I like his game, but so you know, a lot of people are going to like him too. All right, let's take a look at Sung Kang. Who Didn't he shoot a 60 here a couple of years ago? Which is Oh, gosh. I, you know, I don't I know. He shot that. a 60. I think he shot a 60. When a guy has been successful on a course with shooting a 60, which is like Adam Hadwin shooting that 59, does yeah. that mean anything to you? Or does that just say, look, the guy just had a lucky day like the Bishop in Caddyshack and you just let it go? <laughs> um, probably probably a, a bit of both. I mean, if it's one round that's just this complete aberration from how he normally plays, then I disregard it. But if he has a good history, is pretty consistent, and also shot an incredible round like a 59 or 60, then I probably uh, use it uh, and say that means something. All right, who are some of the guys in the lower range that you, you're looking at this week? So the way I'm building my rosters is I'm not having a lot of guys in the 6K range. I'm going to have a few guys in the low 7K range. Um, let's see, who do I have? Uh, I think Corey Connors you could have some exposure to. Keith Mitchell, Chesson Hadley. Uh, I really like Ryan Armour at 7,200. His game fits perfect here. He's missed the last couple of cuts, but before that he was really good. Uh, Joel Damon, I like going back to this week if people are going to just exit on him. Um, I do have a couple of 6K guys. I like Brian Gay at 6,800. I think you could have exposure to him. Uh, maybe just mix up minimal exposure to a couple other guys. Like, Jeff, what about, um, Gra what about Graham McDowell and bad weather? Do you like him at all? I don't like Graham McDowell. No, okay. I think his best years are behind him, so okay. I don't. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he could play well, but, you know, weather is just supposed to be bad on Friday. So, uh, so we like no, Brian Gay. We like Brian yep, Gay. Who else do you like? 
Um, I'll own a few shares of like Roberto Castro uh, in that 6K range, maybe a few shares of Scott Langley. But like I said, most of it will be in the 7K range. All right, Jeff, I've never asked you this question before. Who's going <laughs> to win this week? Well, I could say DJ and Jason Day, but I mean, that doesn't do us a lot of good at like six to one or eight to one odds. So I'll give a couple, I'll give you Shane Lowry because you can get him at about 40 to one. And if you got a couple of bucks laying around and you want to throw it on a long shot, Ryan Armour at, at 150 to one. Really? Th- then you could really be my rich friend if you drop some money on that. Yeah, it doesn't take too much if he happens to pop. And, and we've seen lower level guys win this event like last year with Ted Potter, you know? That's true. Why do you think that is, real quick? Uh, I just think it's a combination of the different courses and the weather just being more variant than others. And just keep in mind, Doc, cut, cut after the third round this week, three-course rotation, top 60 in ties. So it's different than the normal format this week. All right, Jeff Bergeson, Fantasy Golf Insider. Thank you so much for joining me as always, and good luck this week. Same to you, Doc. Thanks. All right, talk to you next week. All right, guys, you've got to be playing PGA DFS. It's outstanding stuff. It's a great sweat. I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's my second favorite DFS sport after football, and I just encourage it. All right, we're going to talk a little fantasy baseball when Scout Fantasy Sports resumes right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. It's calling the shots. This is not a recipe to win. It is a recipe to win a scoring crown. It's a recipe to stay afloat. It is a recipe to win an MVP. But if James Harden has to do this for the next 35 games just to get into the postseason and be like a four or five seed in the Western Conference, they're going to struggle in the playoffs. Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. All right, we're back. We are Scout Fantasy Sports, Dr. Roto, along with Adam Ronis. And uh, we're here. Who's in hour number two, Ronis? I'm going to have Frank Stample from FNTSY. He, we're going to talk basketball with him. And also, 
a little bit about the great fantasy baseball invitational because they came out with the leagues yesterday and they put all the champions from last year in one league so somehow frank got lucky and won his league so he's in a league with me and he's basically like a student of mine so you know he wants the challenge of knocking off the guy who took him under his wing. Oh, so, ah, Grasshopper, I yeah, want to beat exactly. you. So now nah, we'll bring Frank on. Uh, obviously, he produced our morning show for a number of years and now obviously doing a lot of content videos over there. So uh, I've had Frank on a couple times recently, so we'll bring him on. He loves the NBA, and uh, we'll talk NBA trading deadline and a little trash talk as we'll be in the same league. So I was talking to my son on the way to school the other day, and I, I, this just feeds off what you were just talking about. If there was a champion football league of the 12 best experts in America, and I don't know if it's best or most well-known. Let's call them most well-known. So Matthew Berry's in there. John Hansen's in there. Like the guys that are just the most well-known. And you got your ticket punched. Would you compete? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't turn it down. I'm always up for a challenge. I mean, why would I, why would I argue that some of those guys might not compete? Uh, maybe. I mean, because I guess some people look at it, what's in it for them, uh, what matters more. Well, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I was trying to talk to my son about that. I'm like, look, I play. What do I have to lose? I'm Dr. Roto. I mean, I think I'm going to win anyway. But, you know, but if I was somebody, like you said, if I was somebody bigger and a bigger, you know, company, if I lost, I might look like an idiot. Yeah, I mean, look, there. if in a league of 12, there's going to be 11 losers, right? Someone has to lose, so a bunch of people will not look bad. Again, it depends on your perspective of everything. So, If you every, went 3-9 and nine, would the, against, against guys of like Matthew Berry and John Hansen and people like that, wouldn't you think that doesn't reflect well on you? It doesn't, but it's one league. If you have a consistent track record of winning and you have one bad league, I mean, obviously that would be glaring because it would be in the spotlight, so maybe there's some people who didn't know what you have done, but mm. it's one league. That's why it's always hard to judge people. I mean, you know, give me the consistent year in year out success, you know, show me, okay, what have you, all right, you had a bad year. It's going to happen to everyone. I mean, most of us play in what 10 to 12 leagues. Are we all winning every league? No, we're not. I mean, it's just impossible to do. So I'd rather see the consistency, but yeah, some people might view it though, the way you did. I'm going to say, well, what do I have to gain here? Every, you know, I already, have a great job. I'm in the spotlight. And now if I lose, I'm going to get a get rid of Q for that. So maybe no, no, I'm saying I, I'm saying I would do it, but I'm saying I think other people. Might no, and that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. from their perspective. You know, some people look at that like, OK, where, what do I have to gain by doing this? If I win, they'll be like, all right, well, you're supposed to. This is where you're at. You're on a prestigious network. You should win if you're going to be in that visible of a platform. And then the other perspective is, OK, if I win, then what? My what's the gain here so, so will you try any harder in the great fantasy baseball invitational at all since this is a winner's league or do you put the same amount of effort in every league that you same do? amount i've always said my name's on it i'm playing it to the end and i want to win and i know it's i mean obviously you prefer if there's something monetarily on the on the line obviously there's more motivation there but i'm just not wired like that that's why if i'm gonna join a league even if it's a free I know I'm going to go all in. So that's why I try to limit those leagues. But, you know, this is an industry thing. Uh, it's fun. They're doing NFBC style this year, and it's going to be on an NFBC platform. So it's weekly. 
I'm assuming if it's NFBC, then we can make the batting changes on Friday. So, you know, is it a time commitment? Yeah, for the draft, the slow draft. But it's also going to help me prepare for my uh, real drafts, even though I'm doing an NFBC auction, so that doesn't help. Uh, but, yeah, my home league's in auction. Well, it'll help me for Tout Wars. I mean, Tout Wars, actually, I haven't gotten confirmation yet, but I'm assuming I'm in the mixed league draft again, and they announced that's March 5th. And this uh, great fantasy baseball invitational is a slow draft beginning the 26th of February. Uh, the fan addict has already texted me that he is winning the invitational. Ah, that's fine. I mean, I expect him to have that attitude, but it's all good. <laughs> as long as long as we're, we're partnering for the NFPC auction. So as long as we win that, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, look, I want, I want to win every league. But if you said, okay, what's the most important league? Obviously, it's the one with the highest payout. I mean, with the one most natural. money. Right, 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 right. Exactly. But I still want to win every league, and I'm not, I'm not going to neglect it. I mean, if I'm, you know, and I won the Invitational League last year. It was a competitive league. If uh, and I had some good players in it. I mean, Rob Silver was in it. He won the NFBC overall, I think, two years ago. So obviously, his credentials are well known. So if I'm in the middle of the pack in the middle of the year, I'm still going to work the wave wire and still set my lineups. I'm not going to give up just because there's no money on. Do the you line. ever I, give up at some point? Like, no, is, it's never. August. It's never. August twelfth. No. Your no. team is like in eighth place, thirty-six I, points out. Are you packing it in at that point? No, and I didn't have any team in eighth place last year, so uh, maybe it's a bet. Last year was a bad year, but no, I won't. I mean, it, there was a our Gotham Auction League, which is like a, a local league with you know Rick Wolf, Glenn Coltland, Nando Defino, Tim Heaney. So good players in the bunch industry. of hacks. Yeah, right. They, they're all good. Ian Khan, who won the league, he's a tremendous right. player. Now he's doing dynasty rankings for Rotowire. I had him on last week. So really good people, and even the guys that are not in the industry are good players. So. In that league, I think for for a good portion of the year, I was like middle of the pack, and I made a trade with the Sussman, Stample, and Florio, and that trade propelled me into the money in the top three. So I could have said, you know what? It's not happening. I'm giving up. Forget it. But that's just not the way I play. So I'll never give up. It's not fair to the rest of the league, man. It's just not. Even if you don't want to commit as much time, you don't want to work the waiver wire, I can live with that. I think you should, but at least set your damn lineup every week, especially if it's a weekly league. Is it really that hard to take two minutes out of your time to make sure that you have a legit lineup for the week? And, well, and I, I told you a few years ago when I was in the SiriusXM host league when Tony Sincata was winning by like 35 points, and I, I didn't quit. I was in second place, and I chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and chipped away, and I ended up beating him. And legitimately, it was like July, Ronas, and I probably easily could have just quit. Right. right, the easiest thing. Tony had like 105 points, and I had 70. I'm like, all right, I could. Most people have been like, ah, screw it, let him win, bye bye, good year, Tony. But I, I just hung around, and I figured, you know, nothing, something good could happen if you hang around, right? Yeah, and it's amazing. I don't know why it happens in baseball a lot. You'll see a team that's in front the entire year, and all of yeah. a sudden in September, and especially the last couple weeks, here comes someone closing the gap. I mean, it happened in Tout Wars last year with me. I mean, Rudy Gamble pretty much had a lead most of the year. And I said, oh, I don't know if I'm going to win. And I just kept chipping away, making the waiver wire moves. I don't think I made a trade last year in that league. And all of a sudden, because I really thought for a while, I'm like, eh, it's not going to happen. The last Friday going into the end of the season, the final weekend, I tied him for first. I know, but yeah, there's something was, wrong with that. I mean, I was up by five points over Ray Flowers one year in a host league. And he beat me in the last week, dude. Five points ahead in the last week. That never happens in other sports. I don't know how it happens in baseball. Yeah, it does. It, it happens does. in football all the time, bro. You can, it, how many, I don't feel like it happens in football. 
How many top seeds, one, two seeds, lost in the semis this year? A lot. Yeah, but that, that's like bad matchups here It's because it's a, an accumulation of stats, right? If, I, I mean, if I'm winning, is, is, is it yeah, that close? That, well, that, it, 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 it obviously like guys is. Don't play. It obviously I know, is. It's the weird. guy passed you. Well, it's I know this is, this is not the it's, first time this has happened. It's like the second time it's happened to me where a guy literally put on five or seven points in the last week. It's very discouraging sometimes, fantasy baseball. Yeah, but I've been on both sides of it. I mean, one of the years I won, I think Rudy had – I had like a 15-point lead, and in September, Rudy passed me. I was like, I I can't believe this. And fortunately, I was able to get back on to first place and win it. So I think it does happen quite a bit, and it all depends, though. Obviously, if you had that lead of five points, you might be up by two in runs, three at RBI. So the lead is not as substantial as you think. Right. Right, and, and look, they may, it, it could be a perfect storm. He needed 18 RBIs, and you needed this, and he got yeah. that. And, and he I, made the I, right not, pickup, pickups. Again, that's where knowing what the categories are and, and where you need to improve, and that's really key late in the year. I mean, the NFBC auction I did with Brian last year, we were in first place in September. Our team crapped the bed the last two to three weeks, man. We fell out of the money. So I've been on both sides, and, yeah, it's discouraging, but – you know, you, you get a couple of injuries. This starter is scratched. You know, we had Trevor Bauer. I mean, Trevor Bauer barely pitched. He came back and pitched in relief. That's a killer. That was a guy but, that was piling up the strikeouts. Now, you know in Scout, when we did the 44s and 88s, I made that rule that the league should stop on, labor, on August 31st. Now, say what you will. I know it's not purist. I get that. I understand that. Anybody wants to poo-poo it, whatever. There's a lot of thing, crazy things that happen in the month of September. Guys come up, guys don't play, guys don't pitch. Could we make an argument that maybe fantasy baseball should end on August 31st? I mean, I don't like it personally, but I mean, I could see that becoming something, I guess, because of the, the NFBC it, stole that idea, by the way. They, they have a league like that this year. Did you see that? Which league is that? It ends on August 31st. But not every league. So No, no. Uh, they have a specific league like that, the one that we started at Scout. Okay. I mean, I mean, for people who are as football is their main sport and maybe they do one or two baseball leagues, I could see it working for them. Obviously, that September can be tough when you're managing, you know, eight to 10 baseball lineups and eight to 10 football lineups and you're trying to play DFS. It's a crazy month. Uh, so I understand that. But I still like playing the majority of the season, especially in a roto league and a head to head league. I could see it. I think in all head to head sports. You can end it a little early. You know, I did it in basketball in my home leagues last year. We pushed the playoffs up because, you know, the you know the NBA is crazy. I mean, the last seven to ten days. Oh, my happening. God. You don't even know who's playing half the right. time. I mean, we don't even know who's playing now. So imagine right. towards the end of the season. So <laughs> right. in that, for head-to-head, I pushed it up. I still think in Roto you should play out the entire year. And obviously, football, we don't have really any Roto leagues. There might be a few out there, but the general is head-to-head. And obviously, most leagues eliminate Week 17 because of that. Right. Well, thankfully, because that would be that that is literally the worst. If people play in week 17 football leagues, honest, I just lose it. I just can't yeah, respect you. I, it's bad because it's just not fair. I mean, we saw this year so many guys sit and they of course, there'll be that one year and people are like, oh, I don't know why you didn't use week 17. Who sat today? But we all know before the year, there's a good chance you're going to lose a, a lot of good players and it shouldn't be determined. A championship shouldn't be determined in that fashion. All right. Quick baseball note. The. Uh... Royals might be signing Brad Boxberger. Will he be their new closer? I think so. Uh, I wasn't real high on him last year. I thought Hirano was going to be the guy in Arizona. 
and or or even Bradley, and they went with Broxberger, and he was good for a good portion of the season, but he collapsed down the stretch. He allowed 10 runs in his last nine and two-thirds. Uh, he gets a ton of Ks. I mean, his K per nine is around 12. He had 32 saves, but his walk rate is really high, so it's tough to trust him, and uh, Willie Peralta's there. He actually did a nice job last year. I think I picked him up actually in tout and in a couple other leagues for a little bit. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm really picking up Willie Peralta, but that's, well, that's how it my goes. So, so a question about Willie Peralta. He wasn't bad last year, but he is a bad pitcher. I mean, what do you do when you're like, well, this guy has the job, and he, you know, he could be successful. Do you take a shot at a guy like that? Yeah, because the price will be really cheap. I mean, he converted all 14 saves last year. Uh, the walks were a little bit high. Uh, but my guess is they go to Boxberger because he has more of the closer experience. We haven't seen Peralta do this, whereas Boxberger has had some successful years. So my guess is uh, Boxberger gets the job. But again, we're dealing with a manager's decision. And, you know, 98% of the population can say, yeah, it's Boxberger. And all it takes is... The manager to say, nope, uh, we're going to go with Peralta. He did the job last year. He was here. We're going to start the year with him. But the leash will be thin. If All right. So v- very exciting things happening right now, Adam, it is my pick in the FSTA draft. It has only taken four days to get here. That's it? Wow. Dude, I, I literally had an email, real talk. <laughs> what you say? Can you read the email for us? <laughs> no, it really was nice. I go, it's your pick. Hope all's well. I okay. try to be very positive because I don't want to be a jerk. So I try to be very nice. So is there a bit... It's a gentle reminder. Is there a uh, like average clock pick that you can see for each team? No, no, if there not, was. Raph would be like t- 12 hours. I mean, dude, he, yesterday he picked once in the morning and then he didn't pick again. But the day before he didn't pick for 12 hours. So, I mean, I, look, he's the nicest guy in the world. And I was just like, maybe just drop him an email. Right? Have you met him? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. a nice guy. Oh, yeah, you yeah. saw him at FSTA, right? Yeah, I've seen him at FSTA the last couple of years. He's, he's a really nice guy. But okay. he's just not the greatest guy to be in a slow draft with because he takes the word slow literally. <laughs> oh, All right, boy. so here's my choice, Ronis. The aforementioned Brad Boxberger, Joe Jimenez, who I think could be closing for the Tigers by, I don't know, Memorial Day. Matt Strom, Ty Butry. Pick one. I'm going to go Boxberger. Really? Why over, why over Jimenez? Because uh, I don't think Jimenez is the st- closer to start the year. We kind of went through this last year, too. So take a shot on Boxberger, even though he stinks? I don't think he stinks. I mean, I think he has issues with his command, but um, Jimenez did, too. And right now, uh, Shane Green is the closer. So you think that they might just you, – you wouldn't – even though I like him, Jimenez had a very good first half last year. That doesn't sway you in any way that maybe he can put it all together? Or you just think, look, Boxberger's I mean, I, got the job in April. Maybe he keeps it for a little bit. They brought him in for a reason. Yeah, I mean, I took uh, Jimenez last year in a lot of leagues hoping he would close, and it just really never materialized. I think he had a brief period. I, did, I think Green went on the DL, um, and I thought maybe they would trade him by the trade deadline, and they didn't. So, you know, Jimenez... You know, can get the strikeouts, doesn't allow many home runs, but uh, I don't think he has the job right now. So just take Boxberger and trade his butt when he gets like three good saves in April. Well, you can do that, but I think at this portion of the draft now, you know, to get a potential closer, you just do it, you know, especially this early. All right, I took him because Adam Ronas told me to. That is live radio right there, Ronas. How exciting was that? Thrilling. I know, wasn't it? I was on the seat of my pants right there. That's the thing so, about these soldiers. There's probably someone who's in like round 34 right now and 
gets the news and they're going to take Boxberger. Right. Well, that was how lucky it was. It was literally the pick before me was Baseball HQ and the just came out about Boxberger. So I'm like, all right, let me take him. Yeah, that's – I mean, look, some people will get mad about that with slow drafts, but – that's kind of the luck of the jaw, you know? You, I want to thank Real Talk Rob for waiting 17 yeah, hours. See, there you go. You were criticizing <laughs> this guy, ripping him up, sending him a nasty email, and he was doing you a favor. Now you should be right back. You know what? Thanks. Take your time next time. So Exactly. No, ru- no rush whatsoever. Just relax. Make sure you're happy. Make sure you find the right guy. Because if you don't, then it's not worth anything. Right. And who knows? I mean, this pick might be irrelevant anyway. Aren't they most of them? It's, it's February. That's the big problem with these drafts. Half my team is going to be irrelevant probably by March. I mean, but look, it's, you got to do something early on, and they want to have like that early draft to kind of let people look at something. So I understand why they do it, but we still have a ton of free agents that have yet to sign. Oh, my God. There's three more rounds in this draft. I think I'm going to draft labor before I even get to finish this. Uh, labor is Tuesday, correct? Yeah, I'm going to be in labor before this draft is over. You might be, man. It's crazy, right? Definitely. All right. So hour number two, you and Frank talking NBA. Yeah, we'll talk NBA with him. I'll preview the night in NBA DFS. Uh, we got a little extra time tonight. First game doesn't start till 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You playing Yahoo these days? Yeah, I am. Any prop bets on, on NBA? Um, no, I haven't, I haven't done any recently. All right. All right, stay tuned. Hour number two coming up with Adam Moronis, but this is Dr. Rudo saying be well and take care. Be back right after this.